Welcome to episode 44 of Communicast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of Communispond, a global communication skills training organization. Listen with empathy and practice conversational intelligence. Sound advice from my guest, Dr. Aaron Bishop. Dr. Bishop is a multifaceted transformational leader with experience in education, politics, philanthropy, and is the author of For Such a Time as This. In this episode, we talk about the power of stories, empathy, and how to develop main character energy. I hope you enjoy. Dr. Bishop, thank you so much for joining me today. I am really, really looking forward to this conversation. We go way back, so it should be a good time. Absolutely. Before we jump in too far, maybe take a, take a minute, tell the listeners a little bit about you, your journey, and the exciting work that you're doing today. Well, first, let me uh, extend my appreciation by putting two words together that are the most two powerful words ever put together in the English language, and that's thank you. Thank you, Scott, for this opportunity to share, to even build, and even uh, talk about things that uh, relevant to the workplace, our families, and our communities. Uh, I am Dr. Aaron Bishop, and I am a transformational leader. What does that mean? Well, I've used my leadership and my best practices in the areas of faith, business, uh, politics, and in the world of education. Um, I've had over 20 years of being in education, also uh, 20 years in sales, 15 years in faith, and 12 years in politics. So everything that I've been a part of, I've used the transformational leadership practices to make sure I brought something to the table. So I'm here in Columbia, South Carolina, where I serve on the Richard One School Board as elected official, been there for 12 years. I'm currently the vice chair. I've served as chair twice. Uh, I've led a church for over 15 years um, that's been very impactful in one of the most poverty-stricken zip codes. Also on an academy, a school, where we educate zero to five. Uh, it's a partnership, a business partnership with me and my wife. And um, I'm just a native son of Columbia. So I'm what I always tell people, the return on investment. Everyone who invested in me to be who I am, I'm looking to be the bridge builder for the next generation. That is outstanding. And I'm assuming you find some time occasionally in there to sleep with everything that you got going on. <laughs> yes, man. I, I, I try to get some rest in uh, and also be a great husband uh, now 23 years and a father of, uh, of 14 years. I always tell people and this is how I tell people about my son as a guy who played for the University of South Carolina named Jadavian Clowney. And my son is the next Jadavian Clowney. Oh, that's a bold statement. I'll be looking <laughs> looking forward to hearing more and following that. Outstanding. Well, really appreciate you joining me today. As I mentioned, we go way back. And I just always remember thinking every time that we had the opportunity to work together, we were on teams for a number of, number of years together. One, just always fascinated by all the different things that you were doing and the impact that you are having, not only on the business that we worked on, but the community in which you live and serve. And a big part of that, I knew, goes back to 
your communication skills, your ability to tell stories, to get people excited, to get people really engaged with your message. So those communication skills I know played a big part in your journey. So when you hear that term, when somebody says to you, this person is a great communicator or they have really strong communication skills, what is the vision that comes to mind for you? Uh, there's this theory that has been taught uh, by Miss uh, Glaster, Dr. Glaster, uh, that is called conversational intelligence, and it's included in my book. Um, you asked me what was I doing uh, in my time. Uh, yes, I'm also <laughs> about to release a book, but it's 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 building off of the conversation, the theory of how to understand conversational intelligence. Uh, we know what emotional intelligence is, right? Uh, everyone knows what that is. But this new theory is about how you uh, go through the quadrants of, of, of emotional intelligence, which is, you know, self-awareness, self-management, and then engagement. That engagement of how you uh, engage people through your words. You have power words and power sentences. And uh, when you understand what power uh, comes out of your mouth whenever you state something or question something, and even your body language, the way that you listen to people, um, your facial expressions, all of this is an awareness of how you are coming across every time you open up your mouth, or let alone how you speak with your body language. So conversational intelligence is what comes to mind. And I've been practicing it for a long time because I knew how uh, the power of words have impacted my life. Uh, as a student growing up here in Columbia, there were people who told me I would never be anything. Well, I, I'm so glad that I didn't believe them because the impact and the intent of their words could have set me back, but I learned to have my own emotional intelligence and my own conversational intelligence to speak to myself, to encourage myself and equip myself with a belief a belief that I can be whatever I say I will be. And, you know, the, the, the whole gist of conversational intelligence is effective in the workforce. Because sometimes when we engage people, we can set the whole team back in productivity and uh, attaining goals and objectives because we have caused dissension amongst the ranks. So uh, I believe that conversational intelligence is one of the most needed and uh, best practices for our workforce in our community. Totally agree. This concept of conversational intelligence really is fascinating because, <clears throat> and I'm sure we've all worked with folks like this before. They're really smart. They really get things, but they just cannot get that message out there in a constructive way or an engaging way or a way that gets people really excited about it. And ultimately, this conversational intelligence seems to be the culmination of so many different skills, right? It's not one thing. As you mentioned, it's your body language. Body language when you're speaking, body language when you're listening. It can be that tone, the inflection, the yeah. pace, your gesturing, all these different things, as well as the word choice. Word choice absolutely matters. A tweak of one or two words here and there really can have a massive impact on how your message is received. And then to your point, just words do have impact. So people really need to be mindful of that, that the things that you say that can be kind of a throwaway comment can really 
hurt somebody or honestly can really help somebody. There's just sometimes where you look at someone's smile and say, hey, hope you have a great day. And that could just completely just change their perspective, change their outlook. So yeah, in business and at home, conversational intelligence, so important. Yeah, you know, and the other part is uh, what some people have coined as having the conversation with a kiss. And I don't want to, you know, make anyone feel uncomfortable because kiss means keep it short and simple. You know, the 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 time you put into expressing yourself, you have to make sure that it's very thoughtful. So one thing one of my mentors uh, taught me was to be thoughtful about what you're going to say. Like when whenever you're using this tool called communication and you're using your mouth to speak to people, let alone your body language, be very aware. That's self-awareness. And anyone who's a leader should be a self-aware leader because as the leader goes, so does the organization. And as a person who is a head of a household, who's a elected official, have to be very mindful of how not only do I see myself, but how other people see me. And uh, that 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 allows people belief system to increase because everyone has a belief system and your words can impact how they believe in you and how they will even follow you. But my mentor, he, he was so skillful, skillful with one thing or maybe two things. He listened with empathy. If you want to understand, you know, the power of selling uh, something or the power of engaging an opportunity, one of the best things you can do is listen first. Uh, me and Scott, uh, we we spent days um, presenting opportunities to businesses to take on professional development modules and opportunities. And we never walked in, you know, telling them what they needed. <laughs> we mm -hmm. listened because if you listen and allow people to speak, then you are showing empathy to be aware of what they need. And then you align yourself. You align yourself as a total solution provider. You align yourself as a person who wants to be a part of what makes them better. And so that's that's the, the power of leadership. It's not about you becoming better. It's about the teamwork that makes a dream work, right? And we know who that's attributed to because when we look at Maxwell's leadership, it's all about empowering people and the greatest power you have is in your conversational intelligence that's a really a perfect segue to the next thing i wanted to chat with you about is you know some of the skills that are critical today to be successful whether it is at work or at home you're you with your partner children family you know, things I would say over the past several years have changed dramatically just as we've gone through, uh, you know, the pandemic and things now being more virtual, getting used to kind of being apart for people from so long. And then also, you know, as we were talking a little bit before we started recording this idea of so much information out there with social media, people being exposed to so much more stuff. You know, as you think about the communication skills that are important to be successful today. We've hit on a few things already, this idea of leadership, uh, um, leadership, listening, empathy, but you know, in the work that you're doing, whether it's with the school board or with your academy or as an author, you know, what are some of the most powerful or most critically needed skills to be successful today? I, I, I got I to gotta double down back on empathy. Uh, in mm -hmm. my book, uh, one of the 
the parts aligned, the chapters is on aligning yourself. And here's what empathy does, though. Empathy does not judge a person's opinion. Like, we we have come into a world where uh, we balance uh, real information and disinformation, right? (laughs) Where social media has allowed so much to be cascaded out there that we may not know what's real or what's fake. And when you look at the belief system, I'm not talking about religion here, right? I'm talking about what people will uh, latch on to as a form of truth. And when we uh, allow each and every one of our team members or people to live in their truth, and they get to a place where they can safely um, state their opinion, and we build together off of what people believe, you know, we don't have a people problem or a problem solving issue in today's society. We have polarity issues mm-hmm. where we got to find a way to make people come into the room together. And that's through conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just about the bodies being in the room, but it's about the belief that we can be a team. One of the greatest things I learned about transformational leadership is that it's, it's the team's responsibility to change a group of people to a team-oriented and goal-driven machine. And so one of, the, one of the skills of empathy is not looking at so much of yourself, but looking at others through the lens of the Lord. The Lord is why are you all coming together? Why do you all have to coexist? What is the main goal that you're, you're chasing after? And sometimes you need to listen not only to a person, but listen to the organization. Vision and mission is critical to anyone trying to operate as a team. And so as we're conversing, we converse or we begin to collaborate through the reason why we are there or the Lord. And when we operate like that, then no one should judge someone for what they stated Mm -hmm. because they are not speaking through their own emotions in a sense but they're through, speaking, speaking through a clear understanding of what you all are goal-oriented to do. So yeah. conversation has to take place, but it has to take place with a sense of empathy while leveraging the lore so everyone's opinion is accepted in a safe environment. A couple things there that are really important. One is empathy or empathizing with somebody does not mean that you agree with them. I think some people struggle with empathy because they feel like, well, if I empathize with that, that means I agree with them and I'm on their side, I'm on their same page. So I think that does restrict people from doing it. Empathy is just kind of putting yourself in their shoes, trying to relate to what they're saying, what perspective they're bringing to the table. You may not have experienced the exact same thing that they are going through, but it's trying to pull from your arsenal of experiences, so to speak, to find some way in which you can relate to them and better understand. I think that's one thing is empathizing does not necessarily mean that you agree with where that person's coming from. And the second component that's critical is the conversations need to happen. Yes. In the absence of communication, what happens? People start to draw their own conclusions. And typically they will spiral into something negative. And this is if you're thinking about an organization, if there's lots of change going on, things like that. But in the absence absence of information, people draw their own conclusions. 
based on their own mind, their own past experiences, or the rumor mill. So it is so important if it's a tough conversation, a challenging conversation, or there's a lot of change going on, you're trying to transform that organization. You have to communicate regularly and you know, in an open and honest and candid way to make sure that you are, as you mentioned, all driving towards those common goals. And, and, and Scott, if you don't mind me jumping in, because I think mm-hmm. we now hit our, our pace. We now hit our uh, cadence and our tempo. See, Scott, we are living in a fast-paced and challenging world infused with technology, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we have to be very aware that we need the human touch. We need the emotion, right? As I always talked about, you know, the emotional intelligence leading to conversational intelligence. AI does not have emotion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... So when we look at the beauty of who we are and the necessity of the human touch or interaction, we got to appreciate people's feelings, people's um, opinions, because what we're providing when we have those uh, caucuses or those conversations about which way is up or which way, uh, what, what do we do next, right? There's something beautiful about someone's thinking not being like yours. Mm-hmm. Or someone's opinion being different than yours. And it's something I believe is called disruptive thinking. Disruptive doesn't mean that you're trying to be, you know, insubordinate or you're trying to be rude. It's just that I believe in some level of conflict, good conflict, right? Mm-hmm. You can create new ideas. You can create new opportunities, create new opportunities. And we need that in the workforce. We need that in our homes. We need that in our community. If you're doing the same thing over and over again, or you are in alignment doing just the same stuff and expecting something different, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. But if you're able to provide a level of disruptive thinking where people don't always think alike, you can create a synergistic outcome that allows you to be the teamwork that makes the dream work. It's all a dream. Until it becomes reality. There's a an expression, something along the lines of the most dangerous words in a business are, well, we've always done it that way. <laughs> and so you have to create as a leader that culture and environment where people feel comfortable respectfully, you know, standing up and perhaps challenging the status quo or just simply bubbling ideas up around potential new ways or different ways or different things that we can do. And that goes back to communication and leadership, creating that culture where people do feel safe doing those types of things. Now, if I were to go and ask someone close to you and just say, you know, if you had to pinpoint it down to you know one or two skills that Bishop has, you know, what would they say about you? One or two communication skills that you have that have really led to your success and your ability to really thrive in all these different things that you're doing. You open up with it. One is I, I am a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I may miss the facts, but I don't miss the story. <laughs> I can I can be spot on with the story. My dad, you know, he, he I, I, my dad gave me that skill actually. Um, and when he was a good country boy, you know, uh, his, his, his story of education is quite challenging. He went to 11 different colleges, 
to get a bachelor's degree, right? Wow. <laughs> don't don't ask me about it. <laughs> um, he he never gave up. He was just that um, that tenacious about receiving his degree. But he used to always ride around and give me points of wisdom, and it'd be about someone called the old boy. And the old boy got into a lot of issues, man. He was he was tempted by watermelon patches that he wasn't supposed to go get a watermelon from. He was tempted uh, uh, by a pretty little girl that uh, you know he, he he wasn't supposed to talk to. Um, he was uh, challenged with listening to his dad. And one day, man, I asked him, you know, Dad, who's the old boy? And he just laughed. He said, oh, boy, it's me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you live through imagery and storytelling, it grabs people and take them to the situation because just info dumping and fact telling mm -hmm. loses some people, right? Uh, one of the greatest speeches I ever uh, gave, uh, Scott, was a story about Big Mo. And I won't go through the story, but Big Mo followed me through uh, college, um, through my career in faith, through my career in politics. And he was always his overshadowing figure. But the way I tell it, people really believe it. he's an actual person. And people are looking like, wow, why is this guy stalking him, right? <laughs> Man, how, how does this guy get from Savannah all the way back to Columbia and follow him to the White House and all this? And they didn't know that I personified the word momentum. That big okay. mo was big momentum because momentum is actually like a freight train that literally uh, can go through a brick wall. And I believe it's um, in one of uh, Maxwell's leadership on the law of inertia. But I personified it as a person who was always uh, following me. So storytelling is one thing. And then uh, being very personal, uh, uh, personable, meaning that uh, you have this charismatic approach to letting people engage you and you engage them because I can't think with the back of my mind, it was, it was just amygdala that is formulated with thoughts from my history, from my past, from past hurts, from past challenges. I literally think with the prefrontal cortex of my mind, which allows me to think creatively about any any opportunity I'm walking in. So it brings me to a renewed and uh, refreshed idea about who I'm engaging. You know, I think that is something that everyone should take, that the charisma of going into an environment with a level of trust with people that haven't hurt you yet. Mm-hmm. That you're, you're not going in assuming that this is a dangerous environment. Go with best intentions. And so storytelling is one thing and best intentions is the other, which has helped me communicate and build uh, relationships and have a rapport with people um, and being very forgiving. I think that people uh, want people to be perfect. Mm -hmm. No one's perfect. Not even... Uh, this guy named Dr. Aaron Bishop. <laughs> uh, but I do believe that we are perfect together. Mm -hmm. 
having known you for a number of years, I can absolutely attest to those skills that you have around storytelling, you have being in sales meeting and hearing some great stories from you to help make connections from point A to point B. And this concept just of being personable. And I like what you said about going in with the best intentions and trying to trust people can lead to that. And once again, having spent time with you down in Columbia and going around town, seeing that personality and personableness come out in full force every time we walk into a meeting or to a restaurant or things like that, it helps to put people at ease, I think, and makes them feel more comfortable talking with you. And as I think about that, it's important for folks to find what works for them. Personable for you is different than personable for me, because if I was with you and then tried to mimic you, how you were acting, it would come off as just disingenuous. You and I are just very different people, have different styles. So it is, it's understanding what's going to work best for you when you're in those environments to open up to people, to help them feel at ease, to help build that trust and rapport. It is, it's sometimes it's trial and error. Sometimes it's seeing what works for other people and pulling little bits and pieces of that, uh, you know, into your own repertoire. Yeah, and and, and one of those uh, things that I learned from, one of my great friends and mentor, his name was Vince Ford. And he, he was my bridge builder, literally. I, I called him my bridge builder, but he had a bridge builder skill set. If you said anything in a sentence, he would hang his hat on this, this, this power word to allow you to connect and allow you to talk. Because once you get people to talking about something, they say it like you could, you could, he would hear them say, yeah, I went to uh, the beach this weekend. Right. And he would hear someone who wants it, who wanted to go to the beach and he would build a bridge off the one word beach. And he'll ask him a question. Well, tell me about the beach. Oh man, <laughs> that, that, that open-ended question would get mm-hmm. people. Oh, let me tell you the beach was this, the beach was this and the beach was that. I did this at the beach and we did this at the beach. And when people feel that trusted relationship to tell you everything, mm-hmm. it allows you to be invited into their world. And so uh, that, that's one of the things that you got to take away from this conversation that build the bridge, listen attentively and look for those open-ended opportunities to get people to talk more about um, what they experience. And it could be, the Pareto theory or the Pareto principle where you exercise the 80 and the 20. Mm-hmm. When you, you listen 80% of the time, I mean, 20% of the time and let someone talk 80% of the time because you want them to feel comfortable with sharing who they are. And listening is so important there. Just going back to that example of the beach where somebody says, oh yeah, I just got back from the beach, whatever. A lot of people just, could have completely blown that statement off and just went on to the next thing that they wanted to talk about, or they could have latched on to and said, Oh yeah, tell me a little bit more about that. And then really just tuned out because they didn't ultimately care about their beach vacation. But if you're listening to that story and somebody's, Oh yeah, we drove out to, you know, Folly beach. It was sunny, 95 degrees. We stayed at this little place here. We went here for lunch. We did. Okay. This is a detailed person, right? They want to tell me about all the little nuances and details and how things worked and traffic versus that same person. Maybe they go into the story. Oh, 
Bishop, it was just such a great weekend. I got to spend so much time with family, just relaxing and enjoying. All right, this person's maybe a bigger concept, theoretical type person. With them, I want to try and focus on painting the big picture versus getting into the minutia or the details. Mm -hmm. So listening is important because it not only helps you to understand you know, what do I need to ask next, but it can really give you a window into this person's mind as to what's important to them. Details, big picture, bottom line, relationships, and that'll help you continue to build trust in your relationship with them. Yeah, being associated with someone is critical. Mm -hmm. Building that association or building that bridge is critical. And uh, there's a, a, a bridge to nowhere that was built in 1937. <laughs> and it's literally a bridge to nowhere. It's yeah. just, if you ever seen it, uh, you haven't, uh, you know what I'm talking about if you Google it. But you, you don't want to build bridges to nowhere in conversation, right? Uh, because whether you're in sales or you're in leadership, you want to understand that conversation can take you to many places and open up a lot of doors. It can help you build relationships with people that may help you later on down the road. So uh, mm -hmm. I think it's so critical that we really understand how to connect those dots uh, in conversation. Uh, one, one of the things I try to do my best is make the mental note as I'm listening, right? Uh, and 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 that helps me track where it's going because I don't, I don't mind going back to another point that was said in, in, in three sentences ago mm -hmm. because if they said it, they want to open up to talk about it. You know, uh, for instance, if they said, yeah, I took my Jeep down to the beach. Well, you got a Jeep and the beach in there, right? Yep. And guess what? I'm a Jeep owner. So... Yep. I'm immediately going into that Jeep. Oh, you got a Jeep? Tell what kind of Jeep you have. That's 15 minutes mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> of someone just sharing who they are. Then I go back there. So did you take it down to the beach? Oh, yeah, I went to the beach. People do things with intention. People mm -hmm. do things they love. And when you tap into what they love, they'll love to talk to you. Yeah. Spot on. Throughout our conversation here, you've touched on a few people already, different mentors you had. You talked a little bit about storytelling with your dad. But if you kind of think through throughout your life, throughout your career, who is somebody that really has influenced your communication style the most? And what did you take from them, tweak a little bit and really make your own? Well, I have several people I pull from, right? It's just not one. Um, <clears throat> but one, one guy is named Dr. Ronald Epps. Uh, he influenced me to go and get my PhD uh, because the, the way he communicates is so researched. Like if you want to be an effective or uh, a great communicator, you got to also be a great reader because when you pull in information from things you have read or researched, it brings power to the conversation. And then not only are you able to listen to them, they also are able to listen to you. And so that bridge is a two-way bridge, right? Where you are bringing something to the table uh, that is substantial, that is of substance. And so uh, Dr. Ronald Epps, he taught me how to listen. 
because when you listen, you, you, you have this empathy and then you're able to engage them with equipment or equipping them with what you're educated on. And so uh, he, he, he would research and even have it rehearsed. So when he related, it was powerful. Mm-hmm. It's not about how much you say, it's also about what you say that is impactful. And so uh, he's not one of the guys where he's just guessing his way through it. Isn't When he talks, you rarely hear him. We all know a few of those guys. (laughs) Yeah. He's not coming out saying, um, and, uh, you know, hey, you know what I'm talking about? Or, you know, and it's those awkward or irrelevant pauses. It's so well thought out that he's an E.F. Hutton. You're going to listen. You're going to hear what he has to say. And it's, so informative that it gives direction. Every conversation should give you something to not only walk away with, but give you a way to walk into, meaning you have some direction, you have some inspiration, you have some empowerment from that type of conversation. And that's that's Dr. Ronald Epps. And the other person, this may sound crazy, but I learned from myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Self-discovery. Absolutely is critical, you know, because we need to understand in what I said earlier with the infusion of artificial intelligence, people want the real us. And, you know, I've always taught a lot in some trainings that I do on imposter syndrome that to build confidence, you got to build yourself because imposter syndrome says that you're afraid that you would get figured out. Mm -hmm. um, You know, when you finally become self-aware and know who you are and you are being authentic to who you are, no matter who you pull from, when you, when you found that synergy of, of, of who you are, you walk in that, you walk into um, your, your character, into your identity, and you're able to exist in any room. And that confidence, it, it, it just, gets contagious. Everyone will love who you are. They will appreciate who you are. And you'll come off uh, with this energy as the main character is what I tell people. <laughs> you ever seen main character energy, Scott? Like the main yep. character comes in, you're like, yeah, that's the main character, right? And you have to operate like that because you're the main character in your life. And so uh, although I learned from a lot of people, the best thing I did was learn from myself. I, I examined myself, I examined myself, and I began to exercise what my strengths were, as well as improve on my weaknesses. Main character energy. I like that. Great mm-hmm. phrase. One of the things you hit on there was the importance of reading. And this is something that I stress to my kids a lot, because a lot of times it's challenging to get them to read. So we're always searching, trying to find things that they'll enjoy to read. From my perspective, reading is one of the best things you can do to improve your communication skills for a number of reasons. One of it, you mentioned, if it's academic or fact-based things, you're going to come equipped with credible information to that conversation. So people will believe you more or tend to believe you more, builds up your credibility. The other part is from a writing perspective, it can really help you improve your grammar and your writing skills. It can help with storytelling skills. It helps build your vocabulary. So if you are looking to improve your communication skills, one of the things to recommend, read as much as you can. It will help all of the other areas 
of communication by taking time to read, whether it is scholastic material or just things for pleasure, it absolutely will help. As we're wrapping up here, Dr. Bishop, what advice do you have for somebody? Could be mid-career, somebody fresh out of school, looking to go get, go get their first job, go to school. Whatever it is, what advice would you have for them around the importance of communication skills and really the impact that they will that those skills will have on their life? Find your voice. Find your strength in expressing who you are. Definitely uh, use time to be exposed to 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 conversations like this. You, you have to build your toolbox. So uh, what's in your toolbox will help you fix anything in your house, right? But if there's nothing in your toolbox, you can't fix anything. I always tell people about belief ceilings, right? Uh, in your house, uh, I don't know how your house is built. Uh, Scott, you, you probably got a beautiful home. I, I've been to your home once. That's right. Um, I don't believe your, living, your, your bedroom ceiling is as high as your living room ceiling. And so with your belief ceiling uh, in yourself, you have to live in your own living room, right? Uh, but you need to be the rest in your bedroom. Now, what does that mean? I'm telling you that there's a balance in your pursuit of becoming better. Develop and then reflect. Like I, and like I go in my living room, I... I I, I spend time with my family, but then I, I go to my bedroom and I have moments to just restore. So as you're building who you are, have a balance, right? Because there's an urgency of now going on where people are trying to just do more than they can, but they're not taking time to reflect. Even if you build up your body, you go in there and you work out in the gym, they tell you the best thing you can do is allow your body to rest and recover. Mm -hmm. So as you pursue uh, greater communication skill. Uh, take time to read. That's your restoration. But then go back and exercise. Go back and engage people and be be cognitive and be aware of how you are coming across to people. I, I also had an accountability partner who was called a wife. <laughs> <laughs> that, that when I was, you know, developing greater community, great communication skills, she would be the one to tell me. You know, next time you may not want to say it that way or next time you may uh, want to do it like this. You have friends, right? But then you have those people who are partners, people who want to share your success. And so as you're building a team, uh, build those people around you who will tell you, uh, let's try it a different way. All right. Um, the last thing I, I want to tell you is... Um, that as you practice emotional intelligence and conversational intelligence, I think we have to also look at the importance of relationship intelligence, that um, being a friend to a person is one of the greatest things you can do. And you may say that has nothing to do with conversational intelligence or conversing. It does because a friend will listen first. Let's learn to listen to each other because we can learn a lot from each other. And um, th those are some of the takeaways I would love people to, to use 
um, as you become a better speaker, a better um, person to converse with. Find your voice. That's so important to create authenticity. It really needs to be your voice. Try not to use someone else's voice because it's going to seem disingenuous. Take time to recharge. That's where you build those muscles. Whether it is literally building muscles going to the gym or focusing on skill development, you need to have some rest time in there to regroup, recharge, and come back at it. And then have somebody that will listen to you and hold you accountable. Yes. Dr. Bishop, thank you so much again for joining me today, sharing your expertise. I wish you all the best, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Scott, do you mind if I share where I can be found? Please do. Anyone want to reach out to me? I can be found at www.bishopspeaks.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I'll be sure to include that link in the show notes when this is released. Take care. A special thanks again to my guest, Dr. Aaron Bishop. Find your voice. Take time to recharge. Have someone to hold you accountable. If you can do those three things, you will be well on your way to success. If you are looking to improve your communication skills, be sure to subscribe to Communicast so that you can continue to learn from my guests with each new episode. And if you have found value in the show, leaving us a rating or review would be appreciated. Thanks and have a great day.